to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. And this week, we are going to be getting into a fairly meaty discussion about one of our favourite genres. Plus, we'll be anonymously sharing some of your typos which you sent to us on Instagram after I shared mine in last week's episode. And make sure you're listening all the way through to the end to hear details about how to enter our competition to win a Books That Matter box. So Jess, what book are you reading at the moment? Oh, I know what you're asking me there. It did sound a little bit accusatory, didn't it? Right. I am I am still reading Shantaram. Um I will tell everyone why I'm reading it and why I feel so interrogated right now. <laughs> is that Shantaram is one of Lauren's favourite books and she had a really special copy that she would lend out to people, get them to underline their favourite quotes and give back to yeah, her. Sort of topic. Um and then she lent it to an ex. And do we have that copy? No, we do not, Jessica. No, we do not. We do not. We do not have that copy. So she's she's trying to start again. So she bought a copy and sent it to my house saying, read this, underline your favourite quotes and give it back to me. Yeah. So that that's that's the backstory of why I'm reading <laughs> Shantaram. But Lauren, would you like to give everyone the backstory of what it's about? I Hit it with the synopsis. love to, Jessica. <laughs> so Shantaram, it's a true story. It's set in the early 80s and about this guy called Gregory David Roberts. He's an armed robber and he's a heroin addict. And basically he gets sent to prison for armed robbery. robbery and he's been put into the the most high security prison in Australia. And he somehow manages to escape. Real story, guys. And he then goes on the run to India where he lives in like a Bombay slum. He has this most incredible life. He basically becomes like a free, he sets up a free health clinic and he joins the mafia at one point. He becomes a money launderer, a forger, a street soldier. And of course, he also in his spare time learns Hindi and the local language of the slums. He falls in love and there's, uh, he gets sent to an Indian jail at one point too. He honestly has the most fascinating life and I just find it incredible that this is a true story and this guy is just, you know, still kicking around today. I just can't believe that he escaped from prison and someone published a book without, like, making him go back. Not only that, Jess, but last week they announced the casting for the film... So what? it's being turned into a film. There's been talk about this film for ages and they've just announced the cast last week. And this guy is just, he's, he's done a 180 on his life, to tell you that. Going from a heroin yeah, I, addict he, to a, a multi-billion selling author and movie star, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it does sound like he's had done some crime since leaving prison because... Mm. I mean, that's what I'm really waiting for. At the moment, I'm in the slums with him and I'm 
but I still haven't heard about the jailbreak. And as we established Ooh. in the last episode, I really love Prison Break. Yes. And now you've just mentioned money laundering. I really love watching Ozark. So yes. I'm like, come on, we need to get to these bits because I'm, so I'm re- it's my bedside book. So I only read it at night. So I read it in bite-sized chunks, which is why okay. it's taken me a little while. But so you're telling me you're reading this at nighttime. Does that mean though that you are underlining your favourite line still? Because I know if that was my job at nighttime I wouldn't have the effort to do that I've got a special pen it lives in the bedside table of course you do um so (laughs) yes I mean I'm okay am I underlining every line I like no I'll read a line and be like that's a good one and then I'll read it again is that a good one do I want it underlined (laughs) in pen to be passed to lots of other people to read and be like just like that line the more the merrier Lauren, I'm being very cheesy. There's a, there's a real criteria. You, but this means if I've underlined one, you know it made the cut. <laughs> I know it's a good one. See, since we did this IGTV, I've had so many of my friends who are also obsessed with this book, like, please pass it to me. I want to read it next. Um, and part of me is oh like, God, I'm holding yes, up the queue. You are holding up the cre- queue, oh no pressure. But another part of me is like, when I ever get this book back... It's nine hundred. Oh no! Pages. It's never going to live. It's never going to live on your shelf. I'm never going to get it back, am I? <laughs> no. But would you like? Like, we can make sure people know it's yours. I can like stamp it with my little library stamp that says "Library of Book Records." You are so Taipei, and I love it. So, so you, you want me to stamp the book? I want you to stamp the book. Go for it. Okay. Would you, you like me thing. to to like make a key and be like pink equals Jessica? <laughs> I think anyone who sees a line underlined in pink, they'll be like, well, Jess has been here. And because there'll be so few. And there'll only be like three. (laughs) When I read the book, I think I was underlining like at least a sentence on every other page. I just think it's so beautiful. I think the writing is so poetic. I just fell in love with every word. So Jessica. It is amazing. Lauren. What what now? What else are you talking for? So you're telling me you're reading this at night time, which does suggest there is a book that you're reading in the daytime. What's that? Excellent detective skills. You're not wrong. (laughs) Um, Yes, I'm also currently reading The Best Things by Mel Goodroyk, who, if you aren't sure, that's Mel from Mel and Sue. She's amazing. She was recently a guest on Daisy Buchanan's podcast, which made me buy the book. But also I bought it because it was £8 in Tesco for a brand new hardback. I think that's quite reasonable for a brand new hardback. So it was a bit of a no-brainer. So I bought the book and (laughs) I'm not actually reading the physical book though because I heard a clip of the audio book and it's read by Mel. And you bought the audio, didn't you? It was just so good. I was like, oh, this is going to be such an enjoyable listen. And it is. I'm only like on chapter six and she's already done... A Welsh accent, a Spanish accent, an Australian accent, Jokes. a like Jack the Lad kind of voice, uh, a really posh voice. Like it's so and to be honest, enjoyable you made to listen such to. Such a saving on the hardback that now you've just by buying the audio, you've just like spent what you would have spent. So really, so so true. And now, I, like, I'm not mad that I've got it as a hard copy because I'm really enjoying it. And then it's like one for my library that I can like lend out to people. Obviously, without the sleeve on it because we do not give sleeves on hardbacks anymore i've been burned too many times do we not jessica do we not <laughs> me and my books do not 
<laughs> Whereas I, you and I very, very much on loaning books out. I will give willy-nilly, whereas you, you're quite strict who you lend your books to, aren't you? Because let me that? tell you, there are too many book wreckers out there. <laughs> like, I do not, not to expect... to be mistaken for book wreckers. Wreckers. W-R-E-C-K. God, I nearly You had to think about that, didn't you? <laughs> I really, really did. Yeah, too many book wreckers out there. I've, I've got some hardbacks come back that are, like, worn and torn... There's a, there is, I don't even know if I can say it, a coffee stain on one of them. See, it's like It's I like going to someone's house and shitting on the floor. Like, I it's, just can't abide by it's it. It's not just, quite. No. But I would, <laughs> I would bloody love it if somebody returned a book to me that had a coffee stain on. And I just think it shows that the book was loved. But do you see that I care for mine so much I keep them in pristine condition and that's how I love them? Do you see how that works? Mm, yes and no. But I, I, I don't know. I just think books should be um, a little bit worn, a little bit, a little bit wear and tear is fine. Don't go mental, but, no. you know, give it some love. Okay, guys, so if you ever want to borrow a book from us... <laughs> Go to Lauren. Not Hit to get any up. filthy hands on mine. <laughs> I haven't even said what this book is about. We've gone down yeah, sorry. The best things is about a woman called Sally and she's married to a rich man who has like made his own business. They're bringing up four children. They've got a staff, a nanny. But Sally just doesn't really have a life of her own. Um, so far, the book is hugely enjoyable. Um, and actually, until yesterday, I hadn't even read the blurb, but it sounds like things are about to go downhill for the family Lauren do you read blurbs on books um no I do not no that is a lie I'll read like the first few sentences and as soon as I'm sold I'll stop reading because I don't want there to be a giveaway that's how they get you Lauren I I've stopped reading blurbs on books because I am sick and tired of being told something that's not actually relevant <laughs> I've to the book. had it up to here with you guys <laughs> Like I recently read uh, fake accounts and the blurb starts off and it's like on the night of Trump's inauguration, she finds out her boyfriend is a conspiracy theorist. And I was Ooh. like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. Buying it. Spent like 15 quid on this book. Mm. And then the book wasn't about that. It was about like the kind of knock on effects from that. And to be honest, like Trump's inauguration wasn't central to the plot I mean I still enjoyed the book yeah I still enjoyed the book and I'm glad I read it but I didn't appreciate being lied to no that's where my trust is just write what the book is about yeah so no I don't um that's a lot of anger from me uh (laughs) don't wreck my books don't lie to me on blurbs Lauren what are you currently (laughs) reading So actually fitting with today's theme of thrillers, I am currently reading a thriller and I'm reading The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce and bloody loving it. First of all, it's a Reese's book club pick. So it's automatically, we're on to a winner. This is obviously going to be a high bar book. And it's, I have to say, it's not got the most original location tell a lie it has but basically it's set in a hotel which is why i'm saying it's not the most original location however the hotel used to be a sanatorium looking after um ill people back in the like 20s or something so 
the hotel has this really like um it's got a story of its, its own it's got a story of its own it's got a complex history and Ooh. i am so hooked i'm only about i'd say 100 pages in but the writing is just superb it is the best suspense writing i've um, read in a very long time and the first page the drama just kicks off from page one so automatically something happens and I'm actually a little bit scared reading it because it's very dark and twisted um, but the writing is oh it's just brilliant I'm, I'm just so hooked and I'm only 100 pages in I love it when the first page can get you like that mm. that's amazing this sounds really good is it too creepy to read at bedtime like while I'm cracking out Shantaram I'm a special pen are you not reading this one or no, I can am. you read it night? it's not that creepy okay. like it's just like people keep disappearing I don't want to give anything away but oh. people keep disappearing from this hotel and um there's obviously something dark going on and it's all about the main character is a detective, but something happened in her past, so she's no longer a detective. So she's already got this like sort of cloud of suspicion or uncertainty around her, and then all of this happens, and it's about whether or not she's up to the task of being a detective to help solve this case in this hotel whilst oh, a you snowstorm. love a detective. I love a detective. I did used to be want, want to be a detective. Yeah. So it is, um, it's appeasing me. I won't say any more though, but I tell you what, I'm gripped. Stay tuned. Am I lending it? Um, am I, yeah, am I borrowing off you? Um, yeah, I think so. It will come back in pristine condition. <laughs> I have no doubt about that, Jessica. <laughs> I'll even stamp it if you want me to. <laughs> right. This does bring us perfectly onto what we want to discuss today. So shall we? Let's. This week, we are going to be chatting thrillers because that is actually how Book Recos came about. In our early 20s, when we both had jobs that involved commuting we were literally for about two straight years purely reading thrillers based on whatever 99p it was such a good time whatever was 99p on kindle we just read and be like the other one i've got a book reco for you loved that i'd love to unearth all of our whatsapp conversations from back then i'm sure they're oh, in the on the internet somewhere yeah because it would <laughs> we would just say got a reco for you yeah Love and then it. just read whatever thriller the other one had just read and be like, oh, I'm at the bit where so-and-so is doing this. That's the best part of reading a book when you're reading it with someone or someone, you know someone who's read it. When it's a thriller, it's so much more like exciting when you get, can say, like, I'm at that part. Yeah, I remember, I can't remember what one it was because we read so many. Mm. But you read it first and you told me to guess the <gasps> twist. Oh, and so I was like sending you ones being like, I'm on page 33. It could be this, but I'll come back to you. I'm on page 112. I've changed my mind. You're very good at um, unearthing twists or predicting them. Yeah. I, to my own detriment, it like, will yeah, ruin the enjoyment of a book for me. Exactly. But I think that's like the key thing to what makes a good thriller really, isn't it? It's that it has a twist that you can't predict. Or yeah. if you can, 
there is an element to it that you didn't think. The worst is when, you know, you're reading a thriller, you guess the, the twist right up front because it's really obvious. Yes, but what annoys me more is when they're so despacito for you to not guess the twist that they keep you in the dark until like the last 5% of the book. Yeah, and don't give you any clues. Yeah, or give you clues that purposely throw you off. Like I remember, I can't, again, I can't remember what book it was, I read too many. But you were like, are you up to, are you up to this bit yet? And I was like, I couldn't even tell you because they're all being so secretive. Yeah, that's really shit, isn't it? Because... The whole point, or for me, half the enjoyment of a thriller is it gets my mind whirling into, mm. oh, but then earlier on in the book, they did say that. So was that a little bit of a clue to where we're now? So you get to play the detective and see if yeah. you figure it out with the characters. When you don't get any of those clues or they all come to you at the end or it's information that happened behind the scenes, that it, it seems a bit of um, a cheapskate. It feels like the author's trying to make a mockery out of me, and I don't like it. I'm like, <laughs> make you, I'm a mockery really, out of us. That is what. Catch him, Derry. <laughs> that is my worst thing about thrillers. I don't like because I love to guess them. Mm. Don't purposely try to make it so I can't. Give me, give me a little something. Totally. That's all I'm asking for. And do you know what? I think you have to be so smart to write a good thriller. It takes another level of intelligence, I think, to be able to come up with such a complex plot. And because it, it can't just be beginning, middle of it, and end in the way that, and you know, your standard piece of modern fiction would. And I'm not saying they're easy to write by any means, but with a thriller, they're just so much more complicated and you have to think in way more detail. It just hurts my brain even thinking about it. So big respect to anyone who's even written a thriller. Yeah, because because there are so many there tropes are. to there be are, included, which is fine. They work if you get them right. Mm. But then I read a book. This one is very love it or hate it. It's very marmite. I've seen so many people who really enjoyed Blood Orange by I think I want to say Harriet Tice, but. For me, it missed the mark because she just tried to do every trope. We had mm. the woman who, like, had a bit of a drinking problem and was having an, an affair. Like, you know, there's always the woman who's, like, not 100% yeah. winning at life. And, then and can't was, be trusted. And can't be trusted. Unreliable also, witness. <laughs> Nick Carraway, is that you? <laughs> um, no, she, and there was also a murder... And there was also like a, a court scene, and then there was also a twist. Like it was, mm. it was too much yeah. to the point where I actually had to reread the ending because I was like, "Did that just happen?" So for me, it, it it had everything that should make a good thriller, but because it had it all, it didn't. It had too much. It's trying to do yeah. too much. There's a fine line. Mm, totally, totally, and I think um, there is like a. a almost a formula that works for thrillers that's tried and tested um and a good example would be lucy foley's books so she's written two books the hunting party and the guest list i can't remember which one came first i want to say hunting party but i could be wrong Mm. but when i read the first one i was like oh my god this is brilliant like such a good book it really it was obvious in some parts but i did enjoy it what's it about lauren the hunting party 
Yeah, I haven't read that one. I read the guest list, but not Hans. Oh Hansen. yeah, I forget that you um, didn't read. We read the guest list together, didn't we? Yeah, but you had already read Hunting Party. Right, okay. So Hunting Party is a, about a group of friends. It's, right, where to start? It's a group of college <laughs> friends who go hunting, funnily enough, in like some place in Scotland and they get snowed in and they can't leave. And then a murder happens and it has to be one of the friends one of the friends is a is a killer and they have to guess who it is so that's the premise but then on its own okay good but then when you read the guest list it is the exact same premise but on an island in the summer at a wedding so it's kind of like for me reading both of them it made me like the first book then lost its shine because I was like, oh, it's literally a copy and paste. Yeah, and I guess then you'll you'll probably, if it's done well, you'll enjoy the one you read first exactly. and then it will ruin the enjoyment of the other one. Exactly. I had that with, oh, two different authors actually. It was, I think it was Shari Lapina who writes really great thrillers. She wrote one about lots of guests at a hotel and people start getting killed off. And then... I read Ruth Ware's recent one, One by mm. One, which was the same, a ski lodge where people yeah. start getting killed off. And, it, and ironically, that one, I think I preferred the way Ruth Ware wrote it. But because I had already read the other one, I was like, I can't enjoy this as much. Mm, totally. It's almost like, yeah, just you're just copying another person's book, aren't you? Yes. Um, Lauren, we've talked about how we really love thrillers and all we've done is slag off them. <laughs> I, I do realize that. we do love them there was a point where we couldn't even tell the other one what the name of the book was because we were just reading them we were like oh i don't know it's got like three words in the title <laughs> like like so many of them there's a tried and tested formula for a thrillers cover for sure block bold oh, yeah. writing on a dark background maybe a door and a window oh they love a door and a window <laughs> but speaking of doors I think the thriller that you and I are both agreed on oh, yeah. as the best thriller is Behind Closed Doors by B.A. Paris. One hundo. Oh, such. It's just got everything. It's probably a psychological thriller more than um, yeah. a oh, suspense it's very or mystery thriller. Um, so it's about a couple called Jack and Grace and it looks like from the outside they've got everything they've got wealth elegance lovely house um but when we get to know Grace a little bit better things start to unravel um because you realize that Jack and Grace are never apart um what would what would you say to that Jess anything to add I would say we can't say anymore because it were in the book but you absolutely have to read the book it gave, it gave me it doesn't chills. sound that interesting, doesn't it? You're like... No, but and I it's think horrific. It is. In, in a good way. And I think that's the other thing with thrillers. It can... If you give too much away in the blurb, you've just yeah. ruined the whole book. So it's really hard to um, write a blurb for a thriller that's engaging, but isn't just going to give the whole plot away and, you know, you yeah. don't need to read it anymore especially if it's a twist 
Yeah, this one, like, I think maybe you told me to read it. It might have, it, I might have been my gateway into thrillers, you know, I can't remember, but it, <laughs> it's the gateway driving into thrillers. <laughs> but it, it, this is the book that so I used to work in Camden Town and I missed my stop and I had and I stayed on the train it was only at Euston that I realised I had missed my stop because I was so engrossed in the book and then I didn't even care because it meant I got an extra like little juicy <laughs> 10 minutes to read more of the book like that's how good it was and I genuinely thought about the ending for like years after I would just remember Did what you? happened th- that very last like two pages and just get chills God, or we'll so say <laughs> Is the perfect marriage is the perfect lie. Ooh, Laura, is I that, on the, that from the blurb? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking credit for that. <laughs> so basically, sorry we can't tell you more about this book, but just trust our reco and go and read it. Totally. Have we recoed it on our page? I'm sure we have. We have. Right at the beginning. Yeah. It might not have been a very cohesive record because we were too obsessed to like write full sentences. Quite possibly, quite possibly. That happens quite regularly for me and I'm calling myself a book reviewer. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you get really excited about a book and you're like, for me, I go the total opposite and I'm like, I just want to tell you so much about this book and my reviews end up looking like essays and I know full well that no one's going to want to read that. So I'm like, how do I shorten this down? But there's so much I want to tell you. Do you know what? This was a real struggle for me with my another like top top thriller of mine, Ooh. which is and I I really rarely see anyone talking about it and it's so good. It's called Ro- the Rose Petal Beach by Dorothy Coomson, who is just she's such a mega a, babe. She's a great, great author. Um, but it's about a husband who gets accused of sexually assaulting a woman at work. And the police just come to the wife's house. She's called Tamia and they've got two children together. And she's like, what the hell? No, that's nothing my husband would do. Mm. And so the way it's written is that we are in the present day and then we'll flip back to the beginning of their relationship, back to the present day, a bit further on in their relationship. See, that's get peppered, don't they? Yeah, but you spend the first half of the book being like, no, they were so in love. He's so lovely. Like, Mm. this could never happen. And then it's only as you flip between the past and the present which is just done so beautifully Mm. that like you start to just get an insight into more behind all of the characters because there's also some of it's told from the perspective of Tamiya's best friend and then there's like another secret plot going on there and then she's also got another friend who's very entwined I realize again I'm not really being very cohesive but I don't want to give away any spoilers Mm. but it's it's just written so well like it's it's just so clever and again this was another one that I just kept thinking about for years and years afterwards and I'm probably going to have to reread it one day because it's just (laughs) marvellous but this is the book that cemented Dorothy Coomson as an absolute auto-by-author for me yeah Brighton Beach is also bloody brilliant Um, Brighton Mermaid yeah such a good book and again it's a whodunit but she's just got such a clever way of writing that doesn't give too much away but creeps keeps the plot so engaging so speaking of auto by authors for me i'd have to say ruth ware and lisa jewell are the go-tos particularly ruth ware i mean she's literally got all the books she's got what have we got we've got in a dark dark wood brilliant 
Woman in, in Cabin Woman 10. Woman in Cabin 10. I really liked that. I think that might have been the first book of hers that I read. It was. And then you told me to read it. So you you got me into Ruth Ware with that one. And part of it was like, Jess, it's a woman in a cabin, but it's not a cabin. It's a cabin on a boat. So like, even that was just mind-blowing. It wasn't just a cabin in the woods. No. It was a cabin at <laughs> sea. <laughs> but... What, we've also got the turn of the key the death of mrs westaway that's brilliant oh, one by one game. that she brought out this year and i think she's got another one coming out maybe later in the year lion game that's another one yep. they're just so good and what's the beauty of her writing is it feels fresh each time so like you said whether it's a cabin in the woods or a cabin in a boat it doesn't matter because it is a different plot you're not going to get a case of sorry lucy foley's guest list and hunting party where it's the exact same plot just put into dropped on another place of the earth yeah that's like dorothy coomson as well yeah it's like they know the formula that makes a good thriller but they they can absolutely use it however they want and make all these fantastic stories so we read invisible girl by lisa jewell last year i think towards the end of last year and really good book it it was one of those books where you you want to really empathize almost with the person you're meant to who's meant to be a baddie but for some reason like you get to know him and you really like him and that doesn't give away the plot but I think that takes a lot of skill to do um but she's got a new book coming out in July, I think, called The Night She Disappeared, which sounds very good. Set in 2017, I think. And it's about a girl walking through the woods on her way home from boarding school. Oh, um, God. Yeah, I know. It actually might touch a nerve a little bit. Um, but I'm definitely up for reading that. Yeah. So what is you it do you love think? a thriller? I do. And what is it? I'm just trying to think like why I like it. Because sometimes it is can be quite scary reading a thriller, especially then when you're on a train home at night. You're like what? Oh, do you know what we haven't talked about? What, Jess? What's it called? Is it called Oh, I see you. Which He's... gave us both the heebie-jeebies. I think it's by Claire McIntosh, but it's yes, um, a Claire book McIntosh about another great author. a woman who does the same commute every day, creature of habit, like so many of us are. So many of us are like, right, I leave it this time. I, I wait at this, this one, spot yeah. at the bus stop and I sit in the same carriage because I know it's less steps to them when I change platforms or whatever. Like, we all do it. Mm. And in this book, there's like a weird stalkery vibe to that. I, I don't want to give away too much, but we had the heebie-jeebies I remember us texting like I'm on a different carriage today (laughs) (laughs) affecting your life um so Jess who we talked a lot about female authors within the space but because that's predominantly it is isn't it why is that I don't know wonder what it make what makes women more inclined to write a thriller Probably Maybe because we've we lived had, with so much fear. I was just about to say we've experienced more trauma in the in all the tropes that happen to be thrillers. But there are there are we have read some good ones by um, men as well. Mm. It's just it's just a funny one that actually there's so it, like so many are just written by white women. Mm, that yeah. are really interesting. Dorothy Coombson isn't a white woman, um, but 
it's where most of the space is taken up. It's a really interesting one. Mm. Um, however, J.P. Delaney yes. writes a very good thriller. Two What's of my faves. So he wrote The Girl Before, which is about this house that's been designed by an architect and you have to apply to live there oh. based on how sort of clean you are so it's like a very oh, technical clever house yeah it's ideal and you have to like clean up as soon as you've cooked your dinner like before you eat it and there's loads of random rules to live in the house right and then the woman who lives there figures out that actually there was a woman who lived there before and she died and so it's working out like how did she die what's Ooh. happened is it because of this weird architect or is it something else is it because of the way she was living what is it so that's that kind of mystery it's i'd never read anything like it before in my life and it was so intriguing interesting yeah and then another one i read by him where i did not see the twist coming <laughs> at all was it's called believe me and it's about a, a brit who wants to be an actress and she's living in america without a green card so she's struggles to like get a job so she does like a little side hustle for a solicitor's firm catching out men that are cheating on their wives who are trying to like win their divorce suits and then someone dies classic (laughs) (laughs) but uh then everything changes basically and she's like trying to lure in this potential murderer they don't know if it is him and she starts to fall for him she's like no it can't be him and it's it's really good it it sounds wild yeah he gives you enough to like keep you hooked but never gives anything away but not in that annoying way i talked about earlier he writes a great thriller and um, that reminds me of adrian mckinty's book called the train the chain and it is the i would say the best suspense thriller i've ever read or bold but it's just so good because it makes you it's like it challenges ethics and puts it makes you think what would I do in that scenario so it's basically about this mother who gets targeted by a dangerous group of thugs basically and they kidnap her daughter and tell her that the only way to save your daughter's life is by kidnapping somebody else's child so she then has to investigate whose child she should steal whether it should be somebody she knows or um she should just like kidnap a stranger's child on the street but she has to like properly research to make sure that the child she kidnaps she knows their parents psychologically enough that they would also be committed to kidnapping a child. So it goes in a chain. Of course, I didn't think of that. So it has to be somebody who's not just going to go to the police and report them. So you have to really research. It's so dark. Um, But, and like I said, it just puts you in that position of like, oh my God, what would I do in that scenario? Would I... Because in your head, right, you're like, no, I'd 100% go to the police, hands down. But this book makes you challenge even that mindset that you would have because they would just kill your child and they're so dark it's like using the dark web to like um 
approach people that there's no way they can get caught and because they never do the kidnapping there is literally nothing tying them to it so it's just oh my god it's total head fuck Lauren this is the book you you arrived at my house and you were like <laughs> I've only got seven pages left and she and I we just eaten lunch and then she just finished her book in front of me at the table <laughs> so it must have been good it sounds like I'm sure a lot of thrillers do but this one in particular sounds like an episode of Black Mirror yeah it does just a, it would make a great episode I love it when morals and ethics collide yeah well, speaking of Black Mirror, there's been a lot of our favourite thrillers that have turned into films. Yes. And TV series. Not all of them were as good as the book. I mean, they're, they're rarely mm. as good as the work. But saying that, I really like the film of Gone Girl. Have you seen the film? Yes, I did see the film. It's very cinematic, and I think that's why I liked it. Yes, yeah. But I also like... It, when the casting is just spot on as well. What did you think about um, simple, A Simple Favour with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick? That was fucking awful. Do you think? I think because they were great. They were perfect casting. For the role, yeah. But the film was actually awful. And I think it, they changed the ending. That was fucking tragic. <laughs> it was just so I can't bad. remember what, how they changed the ending. But I remember... <laughs> It was just really trope or tripe. Is that the word? Tripe. That's the word. It, it was just awful. It was bad, which is a shame because I bloody love Blake Lively. But yeah, I actually but I think don't think I, she's the best actress. No. <laughs> I think I only read it when I saw that this film was being made. Oh, right. So then when I was reading it, I was picturing Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively's faces, which kind of helped. But, but I hadn't seen the film because I wanted to read the book first. Yeah. Bit and of then, a ridiculous yeah. plot. Bit... Very unbelievable. Yeah, but written very well. Yeah. I mean, I totally enjoyed the book. Yeah, I really... Like, the book is a reco from me. Just don't ever yeah. watch the film. And then Gone Girl. Who's, who plays the lead in that? Oh, it's... I can't remember, um, but it's got Ben Affleck in it. That's right. It's already on yeah. to a winner then, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what film... What? Jess Gone. <laughs> <laughs> Did I sound like such a fuck? <laughs> Girl on the Train, excellent book. So Emily Blunt, brilliant. Perfection. She's an absolute superstar. But why was why was the film set in America? Oh crap! Yeah, I, did, I forgot about that. She gets the train to Houston every day. Why yeah. did they do that? Because that's I don't know. that's a bit silly, isn't it? Is it because yeah. they wanted an actor who's based in the US and they had, they no, had to because change everything? So then I remember I read an article or maybe she was like a guest on someone's talk show. Yeah. And she was like, she said the first scene they filmed, everyone was like, oh, you're doing a British accent. She was like, yeah, of course I am. <laughs> like she, they were expecting her to put on an American accent. Oh no, ridiculous. Can't do that to Emily Blunt. No. She I mean, the best thing accent. about her is her voice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know what. That is rogue. Just, it just really threw me. So last week we asked you guys on Instagram for your worst typos at work after discussing my discussing my unfortunate anal leaf and there were so many good ones that we just had to share some of them with you. My personal favourite was a fairly simple one but I found it to be very effective. 
Someone called Sarah accidentally types too fast and signs off as Satan. I bloody love that. It's the kind of energy I'm here for. I feel like maybe I wouldn't have to use so many exclamation marks if I signed off as Satan because people would be scared into doing my favours. Totally. Um, We also had quite a few sent in from teachers that were just hilarious. For example, like letters sent home to parents saying your child will need wellies for our willy Wednesday. Um, I'm here for that. And writing on a report, your child loves cocks instead of your child loves clocks. (laughs) Imagine, imagine being a parent and being like, oh, Bobby loves cocks. Here, Here we go. (laughs) that <laughs> someone also dm'd us to say that she had said um willy instead of welly as well so it's, it's common it's don't common. worry another reoccurring one was using the word shit instead of shirt shut and shift and words like that someone gave it to us in their sentence that they used and i thought it was absolutely brilliant she said absolutely i'll shit over those dollars right now <laughs> Um, I was glad that I'm not the only one who has had an anal, what should we call it, an anal misfortune? Um, (laughs) She wrote anal cis on a job application instead of analysis, but she still got the job. So I don't know if that says more about her grammar or the job. Her employer. Or her employer, that's what I mean. Well... Another person who had an anal, what did you call it? Misfortune. <laughs> Misfortune. Was Susan Boyle. I'm going to take us all back oh to when God, she... Oh my God, yes, she did. She had the first anal yeah. misfortune. So she launched... Anal misfortune. <laughs> We're coining that term now. Um, she launched a new album and they <laughs> used a really, really great hashtag. Made so much sense. Susan Album Party. <laughs> Obviously, the nation read it as Sue's Anal Bum Party. <laughs> So oh good. my god, I'm actually dying at the at just remembering that. What an anal misfortune. That is we've got to bring that hashtag back as well. She okay, Susan Bow Boyle wins anal she misfortune. Wins. <laughs> yeah, she's the queen of the anal misfortune. <laughs> um so some of the more regular typos were dropping the O in the word such as count, country, and accountant. I'll leave everyone to get there with that one on their own. And saying orgasm instead of organism. So don't worry if that was you. You're not alone. Yeah, there are a lot of common ones, aren't they? So don't worry, guys. Um, This one was great. Somebody typed dismember instead of disembark on a document about crew landing. Like, flying is scary at the best of times for a lot of people. Imagine them being like, time to dis time to be dismembered guys (laughs) (laughs) and i think that one makes it even worse because of the type of document it was used on yeah Yeah. um and i think we'll leave off with one that was described as a brain fart instead of a typo which was signing off an email to a brand new boss with love you forever (laughs) which i just think is brilliant like i've i've nearly done that on on phone calls to clients and bosses like love you bye but on an email i mean like she said this is a brain fart where do you even go from that i feel like you have to own it and like, like what do you reply if you're her yeah, boss i know i'd just um, be like i love you so much too you're great <laughs> <laughs> never leave this company 
Oh my god. Well, thank you to everyone who submitted those because they yeah. definitely gave us a ticket. Right in our week. Yeah. <laughs> there is still time to win the May Books That Matter box, which is in partnership with Choose Love. It's full of gorgeous Choose Love merch and a copy of Voices of the Lost by Hoda Barakat, which is a devastating story of displacement, war, and the unlikely glimmer of hope in the dark. So if you want to be in with a chance of winning, there are two ways to enter. If, like me, you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, then subscribe, leave a rating and review, and make sure you use your Instagram handle as your nickname on the review. And if, like me, you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, then follow the podcast on that platform and share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag at BookRecos so we can count your entry that way. Entries for this month close on Friday the 28th of May and the winner will be announced on the 31st of May on our Instagram at BookRecos. Remember, if you're listening to this at a later date, then you won't be entered into this month. But good news, it's a monthly competition, so we'll enter you into the current month's box competition. today's episode then please subscribe rate and leave us a review it costs you nothing but it would mean the world to us to know you've enjoyed it and you can share it with your reading buddy too of course and give us a follow on instagram at book recos for funnily enough more book recommendations see you next week we'll be here